What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. excited i am skyping with the beautiful talented healthy healthy yet teaching us how to be healthy and delicious cookbook author and speaker extraordinaire laura lee otherwise known as laura lee balanced right (laughs) yes thank you so much for having me this is really really sweet i appreciate it i'm excited to be here and we have a little fun fact um we have actually done a live performance together i was your assistant That is so so funny. I completely forgot about that. Did not make that connection at all. That was such a fun event. I love stuff like that. We need more of that. I know it was for a magazine called Nashville Edit in Nashville. It was like a big magazine launch and they had all sorts of fun stuff. They had like a yoga day. They had spa treatments. They had all sorts of health centric um, activities and you were one of the live events and it was like Cooking with Laura Lee, and you taught us how to make. <laughs> what did you teach us how to make? Something with cocoa, because I was chopping up cocoa for you. That's right. Um, yeah, there were double chocolate avocado blender muffins, and and it's one of those things. Like I feel like demos. I'm always flying by the seat of my pants. I never pick good recipes for them, but we 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 kept it together. Oh yeah, it was so good. The, it was so delicious. <laughs> how did you get started in this health world? And like, what encouraged you, or like inspired you to? go down this road and be like, I really want to learn about what is in my food. I'm so passionate about it. But then I also want to make sure it it tastes good because you Mm -hmm. really, you really walk that line really well. I feel like we're making it healthy, but also delicious. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I think growing up in the South was really helpful in that department because when I first got into healthy food, I was living in New York and, you know, health food there is pretty extreme in a lot of ways. It's what you think of a lot of, you know, raw food, everything organic, um, non-GMO, and those are all 
great things to strive for, but they're not super accessible. So I think for me, what, honestly, what really got me into it was mental health. I was struggling with anxiety big time. Really? It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I still, I think it's kind of always there. Um, at least for me, I've always been an anxious person. And I think it's always kind of like a part of me. But my anxiety was through the roof when I was living in New York. I was really unhappy and what not was, taking care of myself. What was causing it? And hold on really fast. Do you have some carpet in your room, like in your house that we could move to? Because I think you have a little bit of an echo. Sure. Yeah. Let me do that. Okay, great. Just going to do a little going mid down. Little I'm mid going down. I'm going to, yeah, I'm on Skype right now. So I'm getting a little bit of a tour of your beautiful. Yeah, there you go. Oh, looky there. All right. Does that work? Yeah, that's great. Cool. Um, so tell me about how, what was your anxiety from? I don't know if you'd like to share that because I no, struggle with anxiety too. Totally. I'm so happy to share because I think so many people struggle with it and not only maybe don't want to talk about it, but don't even necessarily know that's what it is because it shows up in so many ways. But I think for me, one, I really do think it was, it was self-care related. I was just like really eating poorly. I was drinking way too much. I wasn't sleeping or hydrating. But a lot of it was a like a deep sense of feeling misaligned because I moved to New York after graduating college and I thought I was going to be a lawyer and that was my whole life trajectory. And when when I realized I didn't want that, I was like, now what? That was that was my plan. And, and I didn't want to leave the city, but I had no idea what how what I was going to do. So I think that that the panic that came from that was so anxiety inducing. And I feel like so many people relate to that. I have had that same panic several times in my life when I've been mm -hmm. like in a big career shift and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I have no idea what to do. Like you said, you were on a road to be a lawyer and then you get there and it's not what you want, but you've like been planning for that for years and now you have to pivot, but you don't know where to pivot and you know it's time to make a change, but yet and you know you've got to out how to be financially responsible and like have a career and a job, but you don't know what you're doing. I feel like mm -hmm. so many people relate to that, especially when they're like coming out of, out of college in their twenties, like moving into their thirties. It's like, mm -hmm. holy cow, I've got to figure this out. Like, what mm -hmm. am I going to do? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's so aligned with, um, major life transitions because there's so much unknown and it's almost like i think even as women too there's so many options and but we're still kind of tra trailblazing in our generation and yeah just the unknowingness of where to go how to find that sense of um that sense of yourself and the work-life balance and all of that so what did you do like what were your steps to realign yourself because i feel like that is a really helpful to share with people who maybe feel misaligned right now. Yeah. How did definitely. you start finding your way? Well, the first thing, I mean, it took me a while. I did a lot of wrong for like four years, pretty much did the same thing over and over again. But eventually one of the big things was I did stop going out all the time. I started like taking better care of myself. I found hobbies. I found things that I could do in my spare time because my work didn't give me anything. So for me, that was, healthy exercise, which hadn't been healthy before, but I found ways to move my body that didn't wear me down. And then cooking for me was, was that I think it kind of happened naturally because I had a lot more free time on the weekends. I wasn't 
sleeping till noon and then going to like a boozy brunch or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. so, and all my friends were doing that, which is totally cool because, you know, they weren't struggling the way, the way that I was. So that was fine for them. And so I was by myself all the time on the weekends. And I kind of naturally found myself gravitating towards the farmer's markets and um, just, you know, I go to a bookstore and I take pictures of recipes and then I go to the farmer's market and cook and very slowly, I noticed that that was becoming like therapeutic for me and starting to feel so much better. What did you love about the farmer's market? Oh my gosh. Well, the Union Square farmer's market in the city is incredible. It is just, they have everything. They have such a like temperate climate that they just get the most beautiful, varied produce. So a lot of it was just the visual of it and the smells, you know, all five senses are really engaged, but I also really like the anonymity, the people watching, feeling like you're part of something. I mean, I was spending so much of my life you know, with the same people at work or then the same group of friends. And that was wonderful. But I think there was something really healing about just like the greater collective, which, you know, is it's interesting now, I think, as we're going through this particular time, how that will affect people um, is something I think interesting to think about being, being isolated in that way. So yeah, and it was about six months of the, of the wandering and the cooking and all that before I was like, dang, my anxiety, I just feel so I feel so much more grounded. So you followed your, this is what I love when people do, because I feel like this is the only way to truly get in touch with your soul. You followed your, the nudging, the guidance of what your body was telling you. It was telling you, I don't feel good going out anymore. I don't feel good doing the same things anymore. Mm -hmm. I need to stop. I need to change. And so you stopped, you got quiet mm -hmm. And then you let yourself lead you to what was interesting you like mm -hmm. the farmer's market. You just felt drawn to it and you kept going to it. And then you followed your curiosity and you discovered your calling by it, mm -hmm. but you got, you listened to the voice within is basically what you did. Mm -hmm. That's I, I mean, literally it's as simple as that. I mean, it sounds super like meta and out there, but we all have that instinct and I think we all know it, but we just don't listen to it. And yeah. I don't know why we don't listen to our intuition as I much. Don't either. You know, right? Because it's, it, it's not it's the only way. Such, right. It is. I mean, it really is. And not is such a yucky feeling. Like, you know that it's off and it's not right. Um, and then when you listen, I mean, everyone I've spoken to since I started this journey seven years ago who's done the same thing, yes, it's a winding path. There's ups and downs, but there's that constant sense of like, this is where I, whatever it is, this is where I need to be. And like serendipitous things, I don't know if that, that's happened for you, but things just feel like yes. they fall into place. That just comes when you listen. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. And then you look back and you're like, whoa, I cannot <laughs> believe all this happened the way it did. But I agree with you. If they fall into place, it feels easy. When you start listening to the voice within, I feel like that, uh, Christina Aguilera song, trust the voice of then I don't know how it goes, but I'm like, I'm singing it in my head. But if you start listening, it will totally yeah. guide you. Yeah. And I don't know. I hope that the next generation, it's not such like a brave thing to go for your passion. I hope it's just what people do. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope that like maybe our generation is the one that's trailblazing mm -hmm. saying I'm breaking the molds. I'm not just doing what I feel like I have to do to survive, but I'm actually going to, I'm going to, 
thrive and I'm going to follow mm-hmm. my purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen. And so then maybe this next generation will be a generation of people who just listen to their purpose. It's not even like a question, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. I, I think that will happen more and more as they see that there doesn't, that you don't have to fit into one mold. You can have multiple careers. They can, they can take that kind of winding path and see how I think quality of life and how fulfilling it is hopefully can be an example for younger people as well. People give millennials a really hard time young younger millennials, but I don't know. I think, um, I think they're going to be okay. I just think they're presented with a very different world than we were in a lot of ways. I mean, this was back in 2008, which doesn't feel, I don't know about you, but that does not feel or sound that long ago to me, but it was never, it was never even on my radar to be like an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. So then how did you take those steps into it? So you, you're feeling drawn to the farmer's market. You're not going out so much. You're feeling more aligned. You're finding peace. Like how did you then get from that to Mm -hmm. leaving your other job, writing a cookbook and Mm -hmm. a book, and then creating a whole career based off of your passion that you just Mm -hmm. discovered? Yeah. You know, I think that's where a lot of that intuition like kind of snowballed. So I did, I had a kind of a revelatory moment where I was walking home. I don't remember where I was coming from, but I was on a New York street corner and I just thought I'd wanted to go to culinary school. I'd started to think, wow, this is making me really happy. How cool would it be to have food be what I do on a regular basis? And there is a school in New York that specializes, it's a culinary school that specializes in healthy cooking. So I looked that up and I visited and I really loved it. And and I just had all these stories about why that wasn't going to work for me. And I did have a moment where I was like, I am 27 years old and I have a great education and a family that loves me. I mean, what is the actual worst that could happen? I think that's a good question to ask. I mean, how could this really go terribly wrong? I can always find a job probably, you know, I can always do something to make a living of some kind. And that was when I just thought, I'm just, I really was like, I'm just going to go for it. So I enrolled in this culinary school and that was when things just fell into place. I got a call from a friend a few days later, I was at my office at the time and she said, I'm looking for, she worked for a company called Health Warrior. They make these little like chia bars. I don't know if you've seen them before. She was like, we're looking for a Northeastern marketing manager, super flexible, make your own hours. We just need someone to basically get these bars into stores in the city. And do you know anyone that would be interested? And it was like, it was just a perfect fit for me. So within a week I had quit my job and my boss, I mean, it was this, the whole thing was insane. I actually forgot about this. I don't think I've shared this, but I remember I sat down with my boss and he was like, he basically was like, A, you're terrible at this job. So you really shouldn't be here. And B, he was like super supportive. He was like, yeah, get out of here. Like do something else. This is not the right fit for you. So I was like, cool. Cause I'd been dreading that conversation. Right. Um, but I was, I wasn't good at my job. I was really bad at it. Cause you probably and weren't passionate about it at all. No, I wasn't passionate about it. Really bad at math. And there was a lot of math, honestly. Oh, I'm not, math. Yeah. My brain and math is just like, there's a disconnect. But, um, so anyway, and then I, so I started, I enrolled in culinary school, started working for health warrior, this bar company. And then it kind of went from there. I graduated a year later. It was an amazing experience. Every day was just better than the next. And I moved to Nashville, got a little apartment in Berry Hill. And the only thing I knew to do was to put recipes on a blog. 
I had no idea what else I was going to do because at that point I'd worked in two restaurants and I knew I didn't want to be a restaurant chef. I have so much admiration for people who work in restaurants. It is such a hard job. Um, and so I, I didn't want that. So I bought my domain name and just started posting recipes. And really from there, it was so much of it was word of mouth and the support of this community in Nashville. I mean, I taught, I just did a bunch of stuff for free. I said yes to everything, cook, private cooking, teaching classes, meal planning, one-on-one -on -one consulting. I just like basically did anything related to food and wellness. And it just like kind of slowly grew from there. How did you decide to move to Nashville? Well, so I grew up here. Okay. Um, my family and I moved here when I was 12 and, um, but I didn't think I was going to come back. You know, I mean, in high school, your world is so small. It's, you know, not the most exciting. At least it was not exciting for me. So I didn't think I was going to come back. But as soon as I got to New York, I was, I'm going to be a city girl. And I just knew, I, I just knew. And then I got really homesick and I wanted to be back in Nashville the whole time. But I was worried that I was worried my world was going to feel small and uh, that I didn't, you know, it would just be kind of like the same old song and dance. And, and I didn't know what my job would look like at that point. I didn't want to just like come home with my tail between my legs, you know? Totally. So, yeah. So how but did when it I, yeah. feel? How did it feel when you got here? Your, your worries were it was going to feel small and it was going to feel the same, but you're coming back a new person now. Like you've yeah. discovered a new passion. You've lived in New York. You've experienced what you were dreaming to experience. And you're like, okay, been there, done mm -hmm. it, but I'm kind of like ready to change, change it up. What did your world actually feel like when you came back mm -hmm. to Nashville? That's such a good question. Um, so my parents were actually sending me all these like clippings from newspapers and stuff about the new restaurants that were opening. Cause they were like, we promise there's like cool stuff happening here. And <laughs> we, we go out and we don't know a single person. And, um, so I had an idea that Nashville was growing and there was all this cool stuff. But when I moved back, I was blown away. My world was completely different. I mean, I was in a neighborhood where, you know, I was in Berry Hill. That wasn't part of my high school, my childhood routine. So I was in this new area, discovering new things. The people were incredible from all over. I'd been in this really sophisticated city and I was meeting these amazing, sophisticated people in Nashville. And I, I loved that. And, and that's not to say that they weren't here before, but I think it was just a new perspective as well, as much as anything. And, um, so it was the right, it was such a good time to, to be coming back. And people were just starting to get excited about healthy food, understanding it a little better and kind of being open to it. So you were kind of on the forefront of this healthy wave that hit Nashville. Because I do remember, I've been here for 19 years. No, not 19 years. Almost, yeah, about eight, 18 years almost. Oh, wow. Years. That's awesome. Know, so many years. So, so many years. But <laughs> I do remember when we first started getting like juice stores and mm -hmm. like, you know, like different mm -hmm. kind of healthy places started popping mm -hmm. up and people started thinking about it. It wasn't just Southern food anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So you were kind of in that wave. And if you're like doing private cooking and you're like, are you bringing, are you cooking for people at their homes and stuff? Like, mm -hmm. is, were you doing that kind of, was that what you're offering too? Yeah. So it was like private cooking classes. I wasn't doing meal prep. That's something that I've known enough about from the beginning that I, just didn't think that was the right fit for me. It's it's such an incredible service. Um, and we need more of it, people who go in and prep food and then leave it. But again, 
what, for me, what I love the most is creating my own recipes. And I, I wanted to do something that didn't, I felt like didn't take me away from the creative part. But I was going in and I was teaching cooking classes and it was totally the beginning. There was not much, not much happening, but my first job was at Sunflower Cafe. I love Sunflower Yes. Yeah. It had just opened and it's all vegetarian. It's amazing. It's so good. Their veggie burgers are incredible. And it was so, it was, and, and I know the owner, she, or the, the original owner, she wouldn't mind my saying this. It was a very motley crew working there at the beginning. Everyone was just kind of like figuring it out. And so the recipes that they have that are now their like OG recipes, like their veggie burger, they have like a ginger tofu. Those were never written down anywhere. They were just like put together and they did great. And so they kind of like did them a little differently every day. And um, they just, they, they figured it out because they were some of the first people doing plant-based food here. So that was how I made money when I didn't have have much income from my actual business. I just worked there and taught classes and stuff. That probably was so fun. It was a really special time. It was a really special time. I was thinking about that recently. You know, there's just moments in time where you, you remember things so poignantly, all the details. And I was so happy to be doing that and so happy to be here. And everything was just exciting. And I, I don't know, I, I want to like make sure I'm still cultivating that on a regular basis, you know? What are some of the details that you remember of that time? Because I agree. Like I worked at this record label for a year, Young Guns uh, record label and publishing company. And we had a Motley crew. There was so Mm. many random personalities working in that office. And it was a moment in time. And now Mm. we've all, the record labels since is not there anymore. Everyone has different walks and careers and lives. But Mm. I think back to that time and I think like, whoa, like I didn't even know that was such a great time when it was happening. I just, yeah, yeah, totally. I think because my previous five years had been so hard, I do think I, I, I think I recognized that I was happy at the time, but still nothing compared to now reflecting back on it. I mean, I just, re- it's like, I remember every walk I took in my neighborhood really vividly. And I remember my, that apartment so vividly. And I remember going, you know, working at Sunflower and the clients that I had and the classes I taught, it's like the details of those moments are burned in my brain in a way that, I, you know, I don't honestly haven't had that since that. I think this time in my life, this past year and a half in this apartment that I've been in, I think it will be like that um, in a couple of years, but I, I think I'm kind of living it now. So do you think those moments are burned in your brain like that? Because that was one of the first times where you have taken all of your life experiences, all of your past work experiences, all of your family life, everything that you have lived in your life. You had before that point, you had assessed it. You had done some filtering. You had really gotten intentional about what you loved, what you didn't love, what made you feel good, what made you didn't feel good, what you were going for, what you weren't going for. And then this was the culmination of all those thoughts and decisions. And you're actually living for the first Mm -hmm. time intentionally the way that Laura Lee wanted to live. Mm -hmm. Like before you Mm -hmm. didn't know how you wanted to live because you were so young, just sorting it out. And this was like the first time where you're like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And Mm -hmm. I have like intentionally chosen this. Yeah. Do you think that's why? Yes. I think that's exactly what it is. I think you're, I was for the first time living for myself. And like you said, a culmination of some really major up, you know, like really good times, really rough times, but finally feeling like I was on a path that 
felt right to me and in a way that I was contributing to the world and enjoying my life and enjoying my work. And I think that makes you so present because you don't want to, you don't want to be anywhere else. Yes. Um, Yeah. I I think that's exactly right. That is so true because, and I think for anyone out there who isn't in this place of peace right now, do not worry because all of this works for you if you keep staying intentional mm-hmm. because it all just lets you know, say you're in a situation you absolutely hate right now. It's okay because just remember that you hate this and then move towards a direction like you like you did. Start getting quiet and listening, even though you were still working this job that your boss and you both agreed that yeah. you weren't good at or made for, you still, even though you're working that job, were moving mm-hmm. towards something that you loved, mm-hmm. which was the farmer's market and cooking. And you let your instincts and your inner guide take mm-hmm. you there. So mm-hmm. anybody in any position can start listening and letting mm-hmm. themselves be led, mm-hmm. even if you can't make a career change at that moment. Yes. I love that you say that because I, I do think that's a misconception that you have to drop everything and immediately spend all your time pursuing whatever your passion is. And a lot of people don't even know what their passion is. And then they feel like, you know, SOL, right? Yeah. And, and, and the reality is it can be a lot more incremental than that. You can explore different things. You don't know sometimes until you try a bunch of stuff and read and listen to podcasts and um, volunteer, whatever it is, just to, to see what you what you don't like. And it can be really small baby steps. But I think so much of it does come back to that sense of, of being still, listening to yourself. It sounds it sounds simple and it sounds cheesy, but it is honestly the most powerful thing. You, it is the most powerful thing you can do. And I do it still in little ways in my business. I think overall, like the path feels right, but in with small, smaller decisions within that, um, I do that on a regular basis. And it's, if you can trust it, if you can trust it, which is hard, it's it really, very hard. Yeah. It's really, it's hard. It's, it it's is hard, hard in the beginning, especially. I was going to say it gets easier as you see the fruits of that, like, you know, meditative process, you start to see the results of it. It gets a lot easier, but at first you're like, what am I doing? You know, this doesn't, this doesn't, this isn't right on paper. This isn't what everyone expects of me. Um, and also no one else is going to understand it because it's your own personal guidance system yeah. telling you to do this. Right. Th- that's gosh, that's such a good point too, because definitely, I mean, throughout this journey, there have been a lot of, there have been, oppor- and I'm sure you've experienced this opportunities presented that look really good, mm-hmm. look really good to other people. And you're just like, ah, it's just, mm. and then every now and again, I say yes to them and it never turns out. Yep. And so you kind of have to go back and be like, I was, I was ignoring that, that feeling. What does following your guidance and intuition intuition feel like to you? Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people, it's very like, I feel like a lot of people might not even recognize that it's happening to them as they're living right now. Like, well, what does it feel like when you are not following your intuition and guidance? What does it feel like? And when you are following your intuition and guidance, what does it mm-hmm. feel like? I actually think you said it a few minutes ago. You said peace. And I would say that's a really good way to put it. It's a very peaceful feeling. And I that shouldn't be confused with like the normal stresses of life and, you know, maybe having confusion or excitement or whatever the, the highs and lows are that come within it. But there is a deep seated like peacefulness and contentment, at least for me, um, when I wasn't when I wasn't there, I was like 
very agitated. It was like this feeling of anxiety and agitation. I think that's where my, that anxiety kind of comes. Oh yeah. You said you had that serious anxiety. Yeah. And I would say the opposite of that is a sense of peacefulness and contentment. I also think it's a lot easier to dream. Like I find that I can dream and imagine the future and get excited about things when I'm, when I'm doing what I'm really, you know, into. Um, And then when it feels like it's all blank, I'm like, "Mm, that's probably not the right fit. That's a great I haven't heard that one. I've asked people this question in roundabout ways many times. I haven't heard that about dreaming. That's a really good point. When you can dream, dream, dream where this can go and who knows where it will go, but like you have dreams for it. Mm -hmm. You know that you're excited, that you're feeling passionate, purposeful. I loved also what you said that you were able to contribute back with a purpose. Like you were giving something back that was useful and helpful and also fueling you. I think that is so key when you're doing work that obviously you want it to fuel yourself, but you know, it is helping the greater good. I feel like that is when you've really struck gold. Mm-hmm. I think so too. And I think it's okay for that to be, you know, I think there's this idea that it has to be like some huge altruistic, you know, curing whatever it is. Like it doesn't, I mean, everybody's life is equally important. So even if you're just impacting one person and that was what got me through the first three years of my business because no one, I mean, really no one knew what I was doing and I wasn't making any money. And, um, but like just getting feedback just from one person at that time, I was like, well, who am I to say that their happiness or how I'm impacting them positively is less important than impacting you know, a hundred people or whatever, like I'm not going to And you're also, away. you're also impacting yourself positively. So two people at least are getting impacted. Yeah, that, yes, that's true too. It's totally, it's like, it's selfish in the best way, right? I mean, I think it's completely fine to get joy out of making other people happy. Like it doesn't take anything away from them, you know? And I think it's so important. Like somebody said this the other day, um, that actually to live when someone says, Oh my gosh, that person is so selfless. That's actually not necessarily a total compliment Mm -hmm. because if you are so selfless that you are disregarding your own purpose and passion, you're really not, that's really not, that's not a good thing for your spirit. Like your Mm -hmm. spirit needs you to care about yourself. Yes. And like give to others with your spirit and help the world with your gifts, but like don't Mm -hmm. sacrifice yourself and your spirit and your gifts for others. Cause then yeah. you just get walked all over and forgotten about, you know, your spirit oh gets gosh. forgotten about. 1000%. It has the worst connotations that word. And it, I mean, yeah, you, we have to take care of ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, because when we're doing that, we're our best self and we have the ability to give back. And I also think it's important for people to you, people who sort of natural tendency is to just be a giver nonstop. I think women have that tendency more than men, but certain personalities you're if like the people who love you, letting them care for you, letting them be there for you, support you, letting someone need something from you yes, is, is a good thing. Like people want desperately want to support someone who has impacted them or given them something. So if you just kind of put your hands up and you're like, no, I don't need anything. I just want to give, give, give. You're taking that, you know, you're taking that away from someone who really wants to give back to you. I could not agree with you more. I mean, I totally could not agree with you more. And I just think that that's, it's, it's just, it's a blessing yeah. that you're. Let them, let people help you. It's mm-hmm. like they want to. 
So how did you decide to write a book? Um, so I, again, just very serendipitous. I always wanted to write a book. I really did. I've always loved to write. And I had a friend who had published with a local publisher and she was like, yeah, I think you would kind of hit it off with my publisher. You guys should just chat. And we sat down and they were looking for new projects. They wanted to be in the food space. They wanted to get into wellness. And basically by the end of this conversation, gosh, was it four years ago? They were like, cool, let's just do this. And so I didn't uh, have to go through like a lot of traditional channels. We basically grew together and they grew a lot, um, not because of me, but alongside me. And then when my book came out, they had this great distribution network. And so I, I got really lucky because it was a dream. Of, it had always been a dream of mine. I didn't think I was ready for it, but I was just kind of handed the opportunity. But don't you have to jump before you're ready? Don't you feel that yes. way? Yes. And I didn't. Yes, you, you absolutely have to. You're never going to, I mean, whatever it is that you're moving in the direction of, if it's risky and it's scary, but it feels right. You got to like, go. That's, that's what you should be doing. And so it was terrifying. It was the scariest thing I've ever done. I went the night I signed my cookbook contract. I'm actually not sure if I've sh shared this either, but the night I signed my cookbook contract, I was doing my like nightly, you know, prayer meditation, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I had this like mental shift where I was like, I want to stop leading from, I knew I was making a lot of my decisions out of fear from my Ooh, business. I, oh, yes. That's so, so hard. And I was like, I need to stop doing that. I need to start making decisions based out of a place of abundance and yes. out of adding valuable content instead of worrying, comparing myself, you know, how am I better or worse or different than anybody else? Like where, how, how do I add valuable content? And if I'm adding value, then it just kind of, speaks for itself. Yes. Yes. And I just love though too, how you were saying like when it's supposed, when it's supposed to happen, it falls into place. Like mm -hmm. a publisher who just gets a publishing deal yeah. on the spot like that, you know, I don't know. It was, but it was supposed to happen. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I mean, it was, there were three years of day in and day out sitting in front of my computer for, I mean, I worked way more in the beginning of my business than I, than I have to now. I mean, I was working at my computer 12, 14 hours a day trying to just connect with anyone and everything and writing, you know, a million guides and sending, I mean, just creating all this stuff. And I wasn't getting much out of it. It didn't feel like I was getting much out of it. But you so did you a lot of patient. work on the front end. Yes. You have to be patient for it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that too. Like some people are like, Oh, I just don't know if I can do this. Like it's going to take so much work. Like, is it ever going to pay off? But you have to like get into that grind that like just that hardcore yeah. do the work mm -hmm. and the if game. you love it you know it, it's it should it can be hard but it should feel good if it's yes something you really love i i totally agree like it's not like you're gonna have like this oh it's just so easy it's like it feels easy because everything's falling into place but you're still mm -hmm. working really hard right you're still grinding as you said i mean you know and again like self-care is definitely part of it i think I think that that's a, that's a, a special time in a business in the beginning. At some point you have to focus. A, I mean, I didn't take great care of myself because I was working so hard in the beginning. Um, and, and then there are moments, I mean, when I'm writing my cookbooks, it's, it's a grind for sure. But, oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Writing a book. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing, there's just nothing like it. Right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crazy, it's a unique and crazy process, but it's, it's a lot of fun.
Okay, I have to get into this. All of a sudden, this thing yeah. is telling me that this is, session is going to end in four minutes if I don't upgrade my package. So hold on, two seconds. No worries. I got to enter a credit card number. Y'all, see, we're just learning as we go here. Exactly. I've, I've never skyped. This is how it goes. Now that we're on coronavirus lockdown, um, I'm doing all my interviews via Skype, which, by the way, how are you dealing with this, with all this? coronavirus the world like on lockdown how do you what are your thoughts on that so well um i mean i feel incredibly i would say i have a lot of mixed emotions i feel being especially being in the food business like i have i feel deeply for a lot of my colleagues who have restaurants or in the restaurant world and so there's a lot of like mixed emotions um feeling for them, worrying about people, but also feeling really grateful that I have an online business, um, yeah. being really busy in a lot of ways. Like you probably are too. Like there's a lot I can do right now. And so that kind of feels weird. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think I'm trying to honestly just feel, just appreciate that all that I have right now and um, seeing how I can contribute, which Honestly, I think the best thing is doing just what we're doing, which is just being mm -hmm. responsible, being sanitary, um, keeping to ourselves. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do uh, some videos on IGTV with like ideas for what to do with food. Cause a lot of people message me being like, cause everyone sort of went to the grocery store in a panic and just, you know, like was swiping whole aisles of food into their grocery cart. It's like the end of the world. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we, now I know that it could be longer than two weeks. Two weeks is sort of like the, what I think the timeline we've been given, but um, it certainly could be longer than that, that we have to socially isolate. That said, I think people have a are like don't necessarily realize we like how much you actually need to live off in two weeks. It's not that much food. Like we don't right. need to be stocking up like it's Armageddon. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people did. Um, people bought, I don't know, 20 boxes of pasta and they like didn't think about what to put with it. Right. So I'm trying to like help people come up with some ideas. Are you going to do, stuff. yeah. Are you going to do some online? Like here's how to use what you have in your pantry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did a video yesterday and then I just did a poll asking people what they want um, to see more content. Although I got some responses already and none of it was food related, which is fine. They want to see like skincare and like stuff, which is cool. I'm happy to do that. So I figure I can use this time to just create some videos and see if I can help people, whether it's with pantry or just staying sane. I mean, a lot of people are just like anything that's relaxing or distracting or, you know, whatnot. I'm sure happy to help. Freaking love it. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us. 
to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all natural bitters, so dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Talking about how we're going to survive survive Corona. Um, really, one last thought about Corona, yeah. and then I want to move on to your cookbook that is coming out so freaking soon. I want to talk about your first cookbook, and I want to talk about your second cookbook that is coming out. Um, what do you think is going to happen in the world when we come out of this? Like, do you think it's going to be positive ultimately? Like, there will be some positive changes? Like, what do you think will happen when we come out of this worldwide Corona lockdown? situation that is such a good question i definitely cannot speak to like anything sort of big picture financially i I think there will be a lot of implications and that will there will be implications with people's behavior with that and, and all sorts of things but i'm definitely not enough of an expert but i am hopeful that this time of quiet and reflection and um hopefully people are resting and cleaning out and thinking about just being a lot more present. I, I, I have to think there will be some, some good that comes out of that. I think compassion is a word that's just been circulating for me a lot. I've, I'm hopeful this will make us just more compassionate because I think a lot of people who thought of themselves as immune from anything, right? Um, we're all in this together. It's such a collective and nobody's immune from anything, whether it's the actual physical what have you, or the emotional or the mental. And I'm just hoping we're all going to have a little bit more grace for each other. I love that. Amen. Hopefully. Amen. Hopefully. I hope so too. Uh, My prayer is very similar to yours. I hope that this forced time at home makes us get our priorities straight, make us really assess what matters and what doesn't when your health Mm -hmm. is on the line, like you really start to notice like, okay, what really matters to me? Mm -hmm. And you know, it's stressful. Everyone's worried about, like jobs because so many people are without jobs right now or that work. And it's like, 
like you said, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Nobody is immune, whether you are the wealthiest of the wealthiest or the poorest of the poor, like we yeah. are all in this together. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're, we're human. And mm-hmm. let's stop living. Like we're all just total individuals. Yes, we are. And we all have our own purpose and passion, but like we can just, we can just do better as a group, you know? Yep. yep. At the end of the day, we're all just equally fallible and we're all just doing our best. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. So tell me how you decided to write your first cookbook. How did that come about? And then how did you, yeah, you got it published. You fell into with the publisher and they're like, let's do this. And you're like, Mm -hmm. okay. So then what are you going to write about? So, you know, this is so, this is weird, but I feel like in keeping with our conversation, maybe it'll make sense. And I'm sure you've had some moments of like flow state. Um, but I honestly didn't know. I didn't, I knew that I wanted to make like family friendly comfort food inspired, like your favorite takeout dish. I knew the kind of food that I wanted to share, but I literally sat down both, both cookbook outlines. I wrote on flights to LA over the course of, you know, four and a half hours. I literally just like wrote them and they just like came out (laughs) and pretty true to what they were. I mean, with very few edits. Now I had to test the recipes and, and make those right over time. But, um, but, but the, the, the outline itself really kind of, I kind of knew what I wanted to be. I think just because I really just make food that I want to eat dishes that I love or that I know people I care about that they want and they can't have for whatever reason. And I just try to make a healthier version of it. I love that. So what is the general on your first book? What was like the go-to bullet points of the book? Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to buy your book, here's what I need to know about your book. Yeah. Hey, now, hey, I, title. What's it called? Totally. So the first book was the Laura Lee Balance Cook, is the Laura Lee Balance Cookbook. And I, I will say, I really didn't want to reinvent the wheel with this second book. I mean, they're very similar in the sense that it's the same type of food. You're going to get a lot of the same things. Now, the content is completely different. Um, completely brand new recipes, some like mini themes throughout this book that are new. But, you know, really a lot of it is food that most members of the family will like. Um, Husbands or partners, kids seem to really like my food for whatever reason. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure why I don't have kids, but um, seem to be things that like make most taste buds happy and things that are freezer friendly, make ahead friendly, um, stick within one pantry set of ingredients. So you're using the same stuff over and over again, not a ton of leftovers, not too many kind of foreign crazy ingredients. And yeah. And then, you know, things that are allergy friendly. So it's pretty much all gluten-free, almost all dairy-free. And there are options for people who want, you know, something that's like maybe a little bit more plant-based. There's something for omnivores. So yeah, I mean, really trying to make a little bit of something for everybody. And then I really try to write every single recipe like you've never cooked before. So I think that's a big thing that I've been just in the feedback that I've gotten that the recipes, um, they are written such that you, you, the result is what you hopefully what you want it to be, you know? I love that. Cause I'm someone who is really terrible at cooking. Honestly, like it stresses me out. Like I don't find joy in the kitchen. My husband does. He loves it. It's a very flow creative experience for him. Like he yeah. loves to cook. Like when he's come home from 
writing or on the road or whatever. Like he like, can't wait to get in the kitchen. He said to me the other day, he's like, man, if you greeted me at the door with a glass of wine and a new recipe and all the ingredients right there, yeah. I would be a pig in mud. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> really? That sounds like so stressful to me. Right. Totally. If you're into it, you're into it. But I don't think every, like, I am not someone who's like, everybody needs to cook. You know, I mean, my job is to, if it's something that you want to make a part of your life for whatever reason, I want to make it easy for you. I want to make it delicious and healthy. But if that's not how you want to spend your time, like that's cool too. But I love that you are cooking. Are you writing the recipes? Like everyone is a brand new cook, yeah. a beginner, because that's so helpful. That's yeah. so nice. I really try. I really try to get as like nuanced as possible. Um, so that you're not, I do you just, I just don't want you to have to guess, you know? Yeah. So so tell yeah. me the name, the name of the new book and when it's yeah. coming out. Yeah. So new book is called Simply Laura Lee. Okay. And it is coming out April 7th and mm -hmm. it is um, 125 similar, you know, everyday healthy recipes for kind of like a, a family with diverse tastes and picky eaters and, and all that. And there are some of the like kind of mini themes. I did do some keto friendly recipes because I got a lot of requests for that. I did double the vegetarian and vegan section. So there's a lot of plant-based recipes. Um, there's instant pot recipes. A lot of people yes. were like, mm, my instant pot's been sitting in a box from Christmas three years ago. So Okay, I'm uh, stoked about that. I love my instant pot. Yeah, so instant pot is, is awesome. I don't think it's a particularly user-friendly machines. So I hopefully like trying to demystify that in the book, but I do have crock pot versions for every instant pot recipe, just like in case you, know, you don't have to go buy one. Right. And, um, and then I do incorporate a little more dairy into this book. I have, I think a new kind of perspective on dairy. I don't think it, I think it's actually okay in moderation, like high quality dairy in moderation that can actually be like a healthy thing. So um, most of it's still dairy free, but there's a little bit, a little bit more cheese. Where did you gather this new perspective on dairy? Um, honestly, a lot of it was a lot of it was from my own personal experience. When I graduated culinary school, it was the trendy thing was like no dairy whatsoever. Dairy is terrible for you, and um, but then I would eat it and I didn't have any like ill effects from it. I personally like digest it really well. I have the enzymes to, to digest dairy. And, um, I actually find that the probiotics in really high quality dairy, like yogurt, um, kefir raw cheeses actually for me is amazing for my digestion. Like I do really well with it. So I was like, Hmm, I want to look into this more. And so I did a ton of scientific research. I mean, I looked at a lot of, um, you know, controlled studies and found that actually for people who have the, the, uh, digestion, who have the protein, I mean, the enzymes and the proteins and the right stuff to digest dairy, it, it really does have some health benefits. I love that. Yeah. So simply Larley. Yep. Simply Larley out in a few weeks. And yeah, I mean, I'm hoping, um, depending on where we are with this, maybe it'll make people's lives a little bit easier. You know, a lot of, lot of, lot of cooking right now. How do you gear up for a new book? Like, what are your feelings when you, cause this is your work. This is your mm -hmm. art. This is your talent. Like mm -hmm. how do you gear up for releasing this new book? Like what's going on inside of you? I have no idea what I'm doing, honestly. Um, <laughs> I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I didn't do any of this for my first book. It just, I mean, truly the first book I wrote it, I didn't really market it. It just, um, you know, it seemed to, it just seemed to do well and kind of honestly exceeded my own, my own expectations. So this time around, I'm trying to do a book tour, which 
nothing is booked as of right now. So that's been interesting. You know, it's been stressful in part because of that, because of everything going on. I, I don't, none of it is falling into traditional sort of like chronological order. Um, but the main thing is I'm going to be sharing, you know, sharing with my community, sharing it with my other friends who um, I think, you know, might be helpful for their communities. And I mean, I feel like that's all I can do. You know, it's like, it feels it, it's a, it's your baby in a lot of ways, but at some point I think the best thing is just letting go of control. It just is what it is mm-hmm. at this point. So I hope people like it. Oh, I'm excited about this. Honestly, now that you like said that you, I'm, I love, I prefer eating vegetarian. Like I love to eat vegetarian. My husband, Michael loves to eat meat, but like, I love that you're doing more vegetarian meals. I love that you're doing instant pot. Like to me, this is like, okay, yes, I can, yeah, wait. I can get on board with it. Well, I will definitely get you a copy as soon as possible. So, <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to ask a few questions. I'm going to wrap up. You're, because we're almost at an hour. I, lo- I love talking with you. Yeah, um, what so what is what does love mean to you? Good lord! <laughs> oh wow, that's um, a big question, is it? That is a great. That's a great question. Um, I think I think one of the things I've thought about a lot with love recently is that love. I think there's a safety net that comes with it. Um, I think that when you are approaching things with love and with abundance and you are really assuming the best, I think a lot of love assume, assuming the best out of people. Amen. And, yeah. And I think when you're doing that, it means that you're communicating within this like safety net of like not trying to hurt each other, assuming the best, being compassionate, all of that. Uh, I think that's a, that's a kind of love that, you have to cultivate over time um, because it's so different than passion love. It's so different than excitement love. Um, yeah. I yeah. love that. Assuming the best. Yeah. That is such a great point because when you truly love someone, you're going to see all their flaws. Mm-hmm. You are going to see the ugly parts. You're going to see mm-hmm. the annoying parts. You're going to see mm-hmm. the parts that just drive you up the wall. Yep. And you're like, I can't <laughs> stand you. I mean, not just romantic right. love, anyone that you love. Right. Say, oh, totally. Yeah. Anyone. Kids, best friends, family. Yeah. Like, But that's just, what love is, mm-hmm. is seeing all that and saying, I'm here for you no matter what. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So true. Love doesn't always have to be rainbows and butterflies and pretty. Most of the time it's not, honestly. (laughs) No, no. I mean, I think most of the time it's like doing the hard right thing, you know? Um, I think that's so much of it. And just like, I really am trying to see everyone as like this amazing miracle, you know, because we all are. And um, just letting people off the hook for stuff. I mean, we're so hard. We're just so hard on people. and And I think as a result, we're really hard on ourselves. So... I think just, yeah, trying, just trying to be understanding and as much as possible, like just, yeah, seeing people for, you know, who they are, which is like, we're here, you know, we're doing our best. I love that. Letting people off the hook. Okay. Yeah. Drop in some wisdom bombs. What, <laughs> what is success to you? <laughs> oh gosh. You know, it's been a, this has been a very poignant few months for me. Um, so like for some personal reasons in the best possible way, it's like been really a really special, exciting time for me. And I think what I've realized at the end of the day, um, as much as I love my work and as much as I do care about the fact that I'm 
providing some kind of benefit and positivity in people's life. At the end of the day, I think for me, success is the people for whom the people who really know me, if they feel like I'm living in integrity and um, taking care of them. And then I, I, I really do feel like there's, I can, I can, I can like die happy, you know, um, at the end of the day. I mean, I certainly think it, there's nothing wrong with appreciating the success that you have in work, which is, I think, especially as a woman can be financial and, um, can, can also be just, you know, making people happier or whatever. But uh, yeah, there's nothing like what's happened this apocalyptic time, I think to reframe the idea of success, you know, I totally agree. And then I end all my podcasts with one question, which is leave your light. And it's just a very broad question. What do you want people to know about you? And then what do you want people just to know? Um, I think what, I don't know what I want them to know about me, but what I, what I want people to know is that I really do believe that like 99% of life is your perspective on it. And, um, really, and it's, that sounds so, that sounds really like simple, but at the end of the day, everything we do is a choice. Every moment that we have, every way that we, we react to something, we're choosing that. And if we can hold on to those moments and those pauses and like really choose love, um, choose positivity, try not to choose fear. I think that the lens through which you see the world will, will improve your quality of life and your happiness, like exponentially. It's really hard to do. I do it every, I check in with myself constantly, but I, I really think that's kind of what it all comes down to. So. You're so wise, Laura Lee. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I mean, just figuring it out. Right. We've got a lot of time to think right now. <laughs> We sure do. And we might as well use it productively and think about stuff. Like right. Well, I <laughs> appreciate you. And Thank you. I know I need to get to cleaning. I appreciate you joining me on Skype, uh, working with me when I'm trying to navigate how to even do this Skype thing. Uh, I'm so excited about your book. Simply Laura Lee, everybody check it out. April 7th. Yep. That's the day. Thank you so much, Caroline. I really appreciate it. This was well, awesome. You're an inspiration. Okay. Don't hang up. I'm going to end this session, but okay. But don't hang up with me. Okay. Goodbye. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.
This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com.